Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. It is the 2022 Birmingham Commonwealth Games are officially our most successful ever with 19 gold medals so far. How good and a chance to bring up 50 altogether. No one will be suggesting this Kiwi team has underperformed in the slightest Sarah Cowley Ross is a proud former Olympian and Commonwealth Games athlete herself and has been soaking it all in, all of that action, all of that good Kiwi action as she joins us this morning. Morena, Sarah. Uh, Morena. Morena, Morena. Hey, how how do we explain the success we're seeing? Well, I think it's, well, first of all, just huge congratulations to the 232 athletes that have represented New Zealand with just such incredible pride. I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm, I mean, I'm tired from watching all these games. But how do you explain the success? I think um, people are hungry for it. They've dreamed a long time about this moment, and a lot of people have delivered. And that's a really, really cool thing for them. Hey, are you, are you um, surprised that there's been quite a spread of medals too, across, across like from the velodrome to the, to the track, um, Sarah, the, all these medals that we're getting? Oh, I thought we'd get, because Rio was like that, it was, we had our biggest, um, you know, our biggest medal tally, but it was across 10 different sports, and I thought, oh, maybe we'll get some, you know, the minor medals, Com Games is an opportunity to shine for some of these minor, um, well, unsupported sports, they're not minor sports, they're um, sports that don't usually get the spotlight, and so, but the the, the breadth of um of where the medals have come from has been cool. And particularly for me, you know, those three judo medals, the wrestling medal to Tyler Ford, um, some of those ones possibly unexpected to the public, but to the athletes, um, really cool for them to have their moment. I guess it's the beauty of any games, Olympics or Commonwealth Games, is finding things that we didn't know we loved as sports fans. And, and that's just from the fans' perspective. But I imagine the athletes over there... Um, in the village, kind of as a team, Sarah, and when you were competing, did you feed off each other and the successes in sports you might not have known about as another athlete, but then seeing your teammate go out there and win a, a backdoor bronze or something like that, does that fill, fill you with extra energy? 
Oh, it does, and I think the whole team feeds off it. Um, you know, right from Hayden Wild Silver through to um, you know, last night Aaron Gate getting his fourth gold medal, which is just insane. Um, I think that people's energy uh, is is really, really a big thing to feed off, and I think that starts from when you enter the New Zealand team and you're welcomed in with our um, traditional welcoming um, um, protocols. Um, the team does Potangata, our haka, you will have seen it on uh, social media, and also the way that people are operating. Oh, that's my alarm. Um <laughs> I just set an alarm to make sure I was like up for you guys. <laughs> um, I think that uh, people feel just part of something bigger and they feel all these little sports that maybe are operating in silos, they come together, they're able to be together and this has been quite a unique game in that we've had three main villages um, but bringing together for the team function when Joelle and Tom um, were named as our flag bearers um, was something pretty special and I think that will develop, athletes will develop these connections and feel part of, of the New Zealand team, which is something very special and something very proud to um, pr- proud that athletes are part of. Yeah, how good is that, Joel? Just picking up a gold with uh, Paul and Cole in the, in the squash. And, of course, we had Tom Walsh picking up his gold with Jacko Gill picking up silver yesterday. How, how, how does that work, that combination, when you've got your sit in one and two, uh, are you looking at each other going, man, I'm going to get you, or are you, are you tapping each other on the back? What 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 are your thoughts around that? Around Tom and Jacko? Yeah, especially those two, battling it out. Oh, yeah, no, I think that was a great conversation, I think. Um, you know, Tom, over you know, the last, well, 10 years, really has been the dominant. Um, Jacko, we've all expected this from Jacko for a long time, and personally I think he's capable of much more than... Um, than that personal best, 21-90 in that final round. Uh, But I think Tom is also capable of a lot more as well. And, you know, 22-91 is his personal best. So Jack has still got a metre. Let's not forget that. But let's also acknowledge that Jacko, I feel like he he was just so stoked to finally medal on on the stage. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but, you know, 24 hours later, Tom Walsh then was competing in... Poland um, he got second in the Diamond League so he had a busy 24 hours but in terms of athletics in terms of a one-two um, you know we couldn't ask for more than that and, and there's been some great performances in the athletics team I just want to highlight Sam Tanner a three second yeah. PB to go second all time in the 1500 that is a phenomenal performance in a championship final and also Zoe Hobbs her um, sixth place um, you know, both of these guys got six, and I just talk about them because it's also not just about the medals. We've had some great performances across the team that don't bring home a medal, might not get the mention, um, but actually they've done very well out there on the Commonwealth Games stage. Keely in the high jump as well, right, Sarah? So whenever you go to an event like this and you can PB, well, then you've got nothing but pride. I, I can only imagine because <laughs> yeah. you, you've you've literally done as best as, as best as you can, right? And and that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so is, is that the aim of the game for like a, a, the bulk of these athletes? Oh, 100%. Like 
but particularly in like a sport where you have an objective time measure, you know, where the conditions are potentially going to be consistent. So Keely's PB, 189, that was brilliant. I'm so happy for her. You know, she was on three attempts at 181, so she could have been out with a 176 jump, but instead she turned it around. I really loved the way she got her head right in that final attempt, and, and that was a really good jump. Yeah, it was so awesome. stoked for her, stoked for anyone that is able to show up in their best shape. It's one thing to show up in best shape at major championships, but then it's another thing to actually deliver. And a lot of these athletes have delivered, and I guess that's um, that's that's why it's been very successful for New Zealand. Australia, the uh, women's cricket team, they've picked up a couple of wickets in the last over. I think they they India needed eleven going into the last over, and Australia's ended up bowling them out. So they just can't stop winning. Um, that, those women, they are very very impressive. Speaking, just going back to what you're talking about, the Sierra around. Um, it's not necessarily about all the medals. Can I read you a little tweet thread from Nick Willis? And I'll just give the context for everyone listening. I'll get your reaction off it. So he's obviously one of our all-time greats. He's so well-respected. And he said, I know you have a lot of sports lobbying for representation at the Com Games, but athletics is the feature sport of the Games. To have athletes left at home who would have been finalists in the 100 metre, four times 100 metre and 800 metres is a disservice to the fans, the athletes and the Games. There has to be a way to juggle all the moving parts to make sure our athletic stars are at future games. Medals are not the only metric we should measure success of the games. Having representation in those feature events is just as important. So I guess two-part question, do you agree with them and then how do you start to go about changing it? Well, firstly, I want to see as many athletes, athletes be given their chance. And traditionally, we have had bigger teams. The, the system has changed a little bit in terms of bed in the, bed in the village. But actually, what's fundamentally um, different is that um, Com Games is a really difficult standard for athletics. And, um, you know, I've got a personal view on that, um, which I'd, I'd, I, I think Nick's got some good points there. Um, now... The second part of your question, I've just forgotten, so you're going to have to remind how, me. How do we how do we go about um, tweaking that? Like, is there a, as you said, the qualification standards? It's hard. So, how do we change it? And and is it like a resource thing? Is it a mindset thing? Is it a governance thing? Um, I think what we'll see now um, that the Commonwealth Games, the next Commonwealth Games, is in Victoria and Australia. Um, we, with the ro- runway now to Brisbane in 2032 for the Olympics, we need to be seeding athletes into this pathway of major championships. And I think that potentially that runway to Brisbane will influence um, selection standards. And um, um, I, I hope that that might happen. But also, uh, this is a really this is a, this is a big honour on this stage and it's not something that's awarded lightly um, should more people go for athletics that um, potentially could have been finalists yeah that would have been awesome to see them be given their chance so um, I think I think you'll see some some changes in the next few years hey Sarah just on the back of, just on the back of that question how how much does funding play in I guess getting these results and and then having the success at the Olympics on the back of them. So you're coming home, you've got your cycle to get through to get to the next Olympics, you win gold here at the Com Games. 
What part does funding play to make sure that you show up at the, con- at the Olympics in the best shape um, you possibly can? It's huge. Like investment is, is huge. And you can see the sports that have got investment, have some of them have done incredibly well. Um, it's more than the direct funding to the athlete. It's about funding the support structures around them. So for many of the athletes in the in this team, that you know, they don't have regular physio, they don't have regular or physio that they, you know, is, is paid for or they don't have access to training facilities as, as other sports do. So it's not just, um, it's a combination of factors which the investment helps and money buys medals and that's how it's judged at the end of the day. And um, you do get cases where non, you know, non-funded athletes um, have got more success than what is, I guess, predicted. But actually for some athletes that works, better for them because they have autonomy outside of the system and so they have more control over what potentially they can do and it sort of it works for some people probably better if they're in a very tight um, controlled program but in terms of funding and bouncing on from this and how, how do we then translate this amazing result into uh, what happens at Paris and what happens in, in the next Commonwealth Games I think that's a really important piece that we need to really um, focus down on and these sports are working so hard um, to ensure that that success then translates to more success for that athlete. But more than that for me is that actually we see more people out trying to run like Sam Tanner. We see more people going for a 5K run like Geordie Beamish. We see more people getting into high, um, high jump from Keeley and then we get more um, critical mass to create these metal moments. Yeah, the context is imperative for the growth, isn't it? And that's kind of what you like, that's where you're going with that, looking at the, the Olympics to come and even all the way to Brisbane and this part of the world, how to leverage that and thinking about who's going to be there and the age of those people right now. Well, it's, yeah, that's a full decade away, right? So we don't even know. They don't even know if they, they, they even want to be there yet. So how do you kind of encapsulate that? It's a really interesting conversation, Sarah. Hey, before we let you go. Well, uh, yeah. No, no, sorry, you go. Sorry. Yeah, so we need like the top of the triangle, but we also need a really big base of the pyramid. Yeah. For, um, and that, and that, and whilst it's a decade away, we want, we know that athletes who go to games, um, go to a game before they, you know, medal or, um, they do better off. So having a games experience, um, will help them in the future and the athletes that potentially haven't lived up to their performance expectations they, these games they will be better off for us going into the next game cycle yeah I think and I think one part that you're not touching on is stripping away the bureaucracy side of things where you've got that middle party a triangle that's full of people that do nothing but get paid a lot of money which should be trickling back down to the athlete and that's support network that you um, that you know you need to get gold medals so um, that that whole conversation, Sarah, is a massive one that every sport needs to have. It takes a village, and there's a lot of people um, around the athletes, but the athletes have a tight team around them, and we need to support those tight teams. Yeah, bang on. Hey, how's this for a text that we just got through? Morena, boys. Where's Kez with our netball chat? Fern's finally played some good, some good netball and would love to hear, hear his thoughts. Were you, I, I know you know the young fella. Were you aware of his, um, his chat during these games? Oh, my gosh. 
It would be great. I mean, <laughs> I was actually talking a lot to Kez over these games, and uh, we were watching that um, semi-final, and I was um, privileged enough to work with uh, Suzanne McFadden, Kez's phenomenal mum. Um, so having a few um, messages across, and actually my husband and Kez were having similar language come out of their mouths watching that game. So very pleased to wake up and... Uh, See that bronze medal result. That's fantastic for the Silver Ferns. And uh, just acknowledge also some of our other team sports bronze or rosé gold. The White Ferns, that was awesome last night. They played so well. Um, and the Sevens bronze medals as well. It's pretty cool. Oh, you're a champion, Sarah. Thanks so much. And I uh, really appreciate you taking the time with a wide-ranging chat this morning. All the best and enjoy the rest of the games. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Let's go and get there. Let's get to Alpina Colada. Oh, Club Chopper kind of drinks are free. Bulla! Bulla, Bazaka, my brothers. How we doing? Oh, mate. Tell me about it, mate. Tell me about First and foremost, before we get <laughs> to the go. All Let's go. Let's get it out of the way. Let's get it you're, out of the you way. You are welcome. <laughs> you, 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 um, you're so deep in it, mate. Imperatriz. I would have had a free holidays, boy. <laughs> You want, you nearly want to... a free holiday, I tell nearly. you. Nearly! Okay. <laughs> nearly! Nearly a free holiday. So Saturday, I'm at the airport, and I'm about to board my plane, and I'm like, yeah, I'll message Louis because I've got the first two legs. So I went Silverina into Van Diesel. So good start to my four-legged multi. And then I had a Imperatriz. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, that'll be a goodie. And then I had Miss Onaki, which came third. Lucky for Louie. But I was, gonna, I, was, I, I was genuinely going to cash out after Mrs. Imperatriz. Oh, anyway, I, I, I promise you. I promise no, you, you can't I'll, make I'll, me believe you. Listen, listen. I've been riveted on that many multis before. I had pulled out. So, you know, I, I was like, Mrs. Louie. And he goes, nah, man. Got the gravy. Got the gravy, <laughs> but Imperatriz doesn't win on the bubbles. Is on heat. Running good. Running good, and I was like, "Oh, honest?" And he goes, "Yeah." yeah. Like, Are you serious? Honest. Are you serious, Louis? Are you serious, Louis? He goes, "Yeah." Send me a screenshot, and I was like, "All right, all right." Cashed out, smacked on the bubbles, <laughs> and um, yeah, the rest is history. Start at square one again. So that's my that's my funding story. So yeah, pretty expensive trip over here, lad. Oh. The, the storytelling of uh, Izzy Dag just <laughs> look incredible every time. A little bit of uh, secret sauce in there, which might be missing a key, couple of key details. But honestly, Daggy, <laughs> I I've, and I no offense to Miss Anaki's connections, Nabba Pikey, I've never tried to get a horse beat so bad. I was <laughs> I, I was on the rest of the field so hard. I was like, I'll never live this down if I lose. To, oh. if so yeah, you're welcome. Anyway. Um, oh, that's enough of that. Let's park that. How's the holiday, mate? How's the fam? How's Tilly's wee cast going in the pool? Ah, uh, it's good, mate. Yeah, we just put this little um, rubber band thing that kind of um, tines up against the quad and she can swim and, and everything. And Arlo's in his togs already. It's eight o'clock here. We're about to go have some breakfast, and he's just going to go straight down this little slide here. He loves it. So family holiday's good, mate. Fiji's just a beautiful country. Like the the people here are just so lovely and friendly and. Uh, we're actually here with one of my friends, Ed Quirk. He's played for the Reds. Um, he's played for the Sevens. I played with him in Japan. So first time I've seen him for years. We're having a good catch-up. But um, enjoyed it, boys. But missing the lads because I know it's a big week of sport. How good. Oh, how's the Oracle um, Kez today? 
Oh, it's a, he's been pretty. He's been pretty full Fizzed. of himself. Fizzed. <laughs> Fizzed out. picky bros, eh? The hat is on my head. I'm not eating it. <laughs> don't worry. Oh, don't well, worry, Izzy. He's let us know, mate. As soon as we've walked in, he's just straight looked at me. He well, said, man, You've se- "Have you seen the results? Have you seen the results?" I don't want to hear it again. I don't want to hear anything else out of you. All right. <laughs> how did you um? How did you watch the game? Is he the All Blacks game? Uh, look, we've honestly got so many messages this morning. I don't even, I don't even know where to really start. Like, there's not overly that much you can say at the moment. It's kind of out of everyone's hands, really, isn't it? Apart from a couple of key decision makers at New Zealand Rugby, but just overall, like, what was your emotion watching that? Oh. Disbelief a little bit. Was, yeah, like um, look at you got a South Africa man over there. Look at that place. It was hardening. It's a fortress. But on the other side of the, you know, like we've only lost, we've won more games than them in their own country uh, leading into that game. So, so that's the side of it. The Kiwi teams have always fronted and and knowing what South Africa being going to bring. But I just thought, yeah, we're just lacking with um, with the ball in hand. Like we had, we weren't able to build pressure. Um, every time we, we made a break, we'd make a uh, human error. Um, just silly mistakes. We got better at the breakdown. Like, yeah, there were signs of improvement. Like, they're rolling more. You, you look at that side of it. And we stopped a few of those. That's really well. But one thing that really I I took a lot of notice at is, and it goes a long way to winning the game, no matter who, um, where you're playing, but you're playing South Africa. you got to win the air. you got to win the battle mm. of the air. And, and that is their strength. They kick a lot. So as a fullback and as a back three, like we put so much onus on our, ourselves during the week to really nail that that um, that high ball receipt, and to win that, you've actually got to win the air. And when I say that, as a lot of our catching, I feel like we're we're kind of jumping straight up, straight up. And so like, and they're running forward, so they they've obviously got a lot more momentum, and and I feel like they're dominating the air. For us at the back three, if I was in there, I'd probably try and get the boys to really trying to tack the ball a bit more. I think we're a bit too stagnant and we're, and we're losing their air contact. So I, I feel like that was a bit of a disappointment. Um, but hey, South Africa, they went there. They played a game. They did kick well, but when, when they used the ball, how good they look? So pretty frustrated. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they say. And then obviously listening to, to Fozzie's comments, um, I was pretty like, wow, okay. Was he, was he watching or...? Um, yeah, so it was. Um, look, it was frustrating, boys. Look, honestly, I just as as an old boy, and I can understand everyone's uh, frustrations. And and then even my my dad, he just said, "Look, in our face on our fa- uh, family page, he just said, look, boys, we, we might not just be as good as we think we are. This, this that just might be it, boys. Like we might not be as good as we we probably think we are. Do we have the players? Do we have the depth? Do we have the coaching? Um, I, I I genuinely think we got the players." Um, but the direction and probably just the game understanding at the moment is is just lacking. Uh, but they're a, they're a wounded team, man. They're a wounded team. Mm. And they're playing a bit. They're playing a bit like that too, eh? As you know, like they're a, a sort of a nervous All Black team, which I've never seen before. The fundamental errors, like the just the just the catch, you know, the pass, you know, Rico Rani's pass um, catch that his brother threw to him was forward. You've got the, the the drop pass of Frizzell, you know. It's just some of the stuff you look at the All Black team. You go, man, they never do that. And and then when you you're right about even because that's a fundamental skill too, isn't it? Catching the high ball, 
Like when yeah. we can't compete in the air, it's not as if the 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 right winger for the South Africans was six foot eight. He was lucky nah. to be five foot ten. You know, nah, mate. I'd, but, I'd but he competed. I'd see him run at me, and I'd be like, mate, I'm gonna chuck a knee right in his chest, and he'll never run at me again. Honestly, that's <laughs> the mindset you've got to say. You've got to have like he's tiny, and if he's beating me in the air, I'm I'm like, wow, what what am I doing? You you just you, you've just got to change your mindset. And you're right, uncle. But everyone can look at the coaching for that too. But the basic crust of it, the coaches aren't out there catching the ball. Coaches aren't out there passing the ball. And we've grown up all these, well, being the best in the world at these skills. And at the moment, we're not. So that shows probably we're not training them enough. And there's got to be a little bit of um, player accountability. Like they're, they're not out there um, catching the ball for you. You've got to catch it yourself. So is it the preparation there? Or are they a- able to handle the pressure that being put under at the moment? Um, you know, how's the mental side of the game? Are they doing a lot of work on that? So there's a lot of things we could probably um, factor in. And yeah, stressful times. Yeah, just thinking about it, like we we don't really have the best players, coaches, game plan, or structures at the moment. Like, we, what are we? When you watch rugby at the moment, is he like, what are we world leading in? Um, uh, what did I know? <laughs> yeah, like, but do you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of that's kind of it. Like, there's yeah. no, you know, yeah. years gone by. Like, we've been able to say, oh well. With this player or this player, and I'm not, not going to start naming players because I also think it's just that's a bit unfair at the moment, but we, we could point to our attack, we could point to our kicking game, we could point to our bomb defence or whatever it is, our midfield, our Lucy's, our props, our front row, our you know our pack, and we've always yeah, been able to say, yeah. oh, well, we are leading the way. And I was just thinking about what your dad was saying. Maybe we're just not as good. Are our expectations just way out of whack at the moment? Yeah, yeah, potentially, potentially. Like I've had a lot of pundits come up to me and, and just probably talk about, um, you know, like like you're saying, Louis. Back in the day, we were able to name twelve to thirteen. Actually, Conrad Smith's here at the at the resort, and I uh, haven't talked to him about rugby, but he's he's running around, and still a hell of a good neck, I must say. Might have a chat to him. I seen him at breakfast yesterday, but uh, maybe we just don't have generational players like we, we we used to you know it, it goes around abouts and now we're just seeing a, a new era you know you look at australia a really young side maybe five years maybe they might be a force with uh, the young side that they're bringing up and and being able to give them experience so uh, yeah we uh, we're just yeah back then we had generational players now we might have one or two i, I feel but and saying that look we've got players we've got players that can go to the world cup next year and and win but I just feel like the game and the, the misunderstanding we have at the moment is, is just not working. So they go to Alice Park and get the next one. The you know obviously looks like we've Whoa. lost Bodie. Looks like we lost Geordie. Maybe does Geordie go to second yeah. five eight? I'm just asking all the questions. And what's the answer <laughs> to the coaches, mate? Like does Fozzie keep it? Does Razor take it over? Can you like can you give us a summation of those oh. six questions? I'm getting I'm getting hounded here on the text yeah. machine. <laughs> Um, look, uh, a Bodie will be out, so um, you, you start Richie at 10. Um, I'll chuck Will Jordan at the back, um, give Caleb another chance on the left. I'll put Seville on the right. So you got quality there, guys that can, can bring some uh, some difference. Um, yeah, the, can they go to Alice Park and get the job done? <laughs> a huge ask, but... 
I said 1-1 one, one at the start of this uh, series, so I'm going to just stick to my game. Cash to out! Say, yeah, <laughs> cash, cash out, mate. Cash out! <laughs> so I'm holding strong, and I'm going to go, um, yeah, they can go get the job done. Coaching, um, Kempe, look, it's, um, it's, it's not looking ideal. There's been a lot of... Um, yeah, a lot of uh, information out in the public from sources and, and people in the know that are saying, look, he might have to, he's probably going to resign after this or, or something like that. And, and whether they go for, for Razor, you know, Joe Smith might be might be sniffing around. He's been in the environment a wee bit. Look, it's hard to say. If they don't get the job done, there's going to be some changes. If they get the job done, I think the questions will still be asked. Um because they've lost four out of their last five tests, which is unheard of in any all-black team. Um, going into the series against South Africa, they were going to be under huge pressure because they lost to, to Ireland. So, yeah, it's interesting times. They don't get the job done, Louis. It's, um, I think Fozzie will probably stay over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe start a safari tour, tour company or something. Is he what? Which is hard, you know. Which is hard because, oh, mate, honestly, I love the man, and he's a, he is a good coach. But there's just it's like you know when Reggie was here, you just do little changes. You're probably not going to get change. So like, yeah, um, yeah. My, uh, my point get, exactly. Hey, yeah, like they just probably need to just yeah. Mm. What was that, Louis? No, 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 no. That's exactly. I'm just. I, Kind of a bit lost for words because I think we all know what needs to happen. Like, like I guess here. Well, let me put it like this: Is he would they ever run the risk of? Because at the moment, there's no guarantees we're going to beat Australia. Like we're we're looking bad, eh? Like that that was oh, pretty bad. Like would so they? Give me a headache, Louis. Well, please. that's what I've got to say. I've got to ask the question: Is he <laughs> would they run the risk of turning up to the Bledisloe like this? Um. <laughs> Mate, you, you heard it. You've heard that uh, from Mill. That is our sacred Blitterslow Cup, and there there would be there'd be nothing. You could you probably have to leave New Zealand if we lost that. So I don't think so, Louis. If I'm going to be completely honest, um, if if they definitely don't get the job done, they can't go forward and risk that much uh, against the the Wallabies and, and the unthinkable of losing that Blitterslow, which is second only to the World Cup. So um, yeah. I, th- I think that's at the forefront of, of Mark Robinson's minds at the moment. Look, honestly, I reckon this conversation's been had right now. Well, mate, what I want to know is what's on the forefront of your mind this morning. Is it pina colada? Is it margarita? <laughs> it's papaya. It's got something with a cara in it, isn't it? Margarita, pina colada. Are you going to be on the carvers like the All Blacks was? Carver. <laughs> I want to go have, get some grog. Go get some grog, bro. Um, look, honestly, uh, we got we got a good crew here, so we're going to get breakfast now. Beautiful buffet, lads. I'm only, I'm only eating the fruit. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'll go down there, and then we'll go straight to the pool, and, and I'm Probably going to have a pina colada, Uncle. It's uh, 8.20 here in the morning. I'll probably have to wait till 9, eh? Because people <laughs> look like an idiot. <laughs> hey, just to let you know too, Izzy, Monaco Rovers got one up over the Pont Snobbies yes, on, I seen that, on Saturday. Well done, Jason. Yeah, and your, boy, and your boys on your side of the ledger in the NPC snuck one in for, I think we're, we're all square get, after get, round one. Get this, lads. Seven games, right? Three yeah. wins and a draw. <laughs> down the middle down, down to the wire your team's played out of their skin I just don't think they can keep it up so oh, you're lucky Tasman mate lucky they nearly got beat by the Stags boy oh, come on yeah. no that's what they, that's they just, one pick. I know that's why they play like that though eh? 
They just keep everyone interested. <laughs> uh, Daggy, you're very good with your time. Very good with them. Um, look, I know it's always so raw for you. But that's why we love to hear from you because you're as honest as they come, mate. Enjoy the day with the family and we'll uh, catch up next week. Sweet as lads. I uh, love your work. Thanks for holding the fort down. Tilly, say goodbye to everyone. Oh, no, she's in the mood. She's hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Feed your kids. <laughs> Does your field of dreams need an upgrade? Win a complete community sports field renovation with SENZ and PGG Rights and Turf. Go to senzradio.nz and head to the win page. Speaking of winning, uh, it was a superb effort. It's always such a good race in the apex of winter, the Winter Cup at Rickerton. And a 22-year hoodoo for Canterbury Stables was broken. Now, that seems quite incredible to me when Lord Darcy for Bevan Wilson and his wife Robin got the job done for the veteran jockey Terry Mosley as well. What an all-round performance it was, and Bevan's been good enough to join us this morning. G'day, mate. How are you going? Good, thanks. Good. It's a pretty cold till morning down here in Ashburton, but um, we're up and into it again. Oh, and I imagine you've been hammered with water over the last couple of months, Bevan, isn't it? Record rainfall yeah. this year? Yes, yes, it has. I think it's a record July for for this area, you know, for, since records were taken. So it's certainly been wet enough. But you've managed to obviously keep your, tra- your horses ticking over, or this guy in particular. Tell us about Lord Darcy, mate, and, and the achievement. I mean, it's um, it's no small feat, the, the Winter Cup. It's a bit of a coveted trophy, really. Yes, it is. It's, um, it's 125th running, and it's one of those historic races that... Um, you know, all trainers probably wish to win over over the winter, especially in the South Island anyway. And Denny and Denny Winwell as well, mate. The, like that run where he came. I don't know if you watched the race last year, but our horse just asked me was in the Winter Cup last year, and when the same position as Lord Darcy had set, when they when they went for home, our jockey took him to the outside. You followed that lead up on the inside. Was that always the plan, did, or did, was that just Terry Mosley at his best? Well, we, we were certainly looking at the pattern of racing. It was race eight, and certainly we would have been thinking that they would be coming out wide by then. But the track seemed to play really well this year, and you know, it was fair right through. And they're only coming out to the middle, really, which, you know, it's a great credit to um, the Rickett and staff to, to have their track right. And obviously, the new synthetic track has taken a bit of pressure away from the, you know, from the course, you know, the, the, the turf course. So. Um, you know that, that's a plus, really. I guess. Yeah, that, you're right. That synthetic has been a—it's been such an asset, hasn't it, for that part of uh, the country? Bevan, now, Lord Darcy, this guy you've been breeding. Uh, have I got this right? Are you the breeder, owner, and trainer? Is that you got the, you got the trifecta? Yeah, right? yeah, yes, we are. Yeah. <laughs> How cool yeah, no, is it that? It gives, yeah, it gives you. It's certainly, it's not that easy to do. I can tell you, but um, you certainly get. Get, you know, it's a, a great thrill to um, own, train, and breed a, a group winner. Really, oh, I don't. I doubt many people have really done it. I mean, yeah, but especially you, it's fair to say you're not a. You guys aren't a massive operation, obviously. And you, like as every person that's had anything to do with horses, punting, training, owning, or riding knows, there's plenty of slow ones, isn't there? Well, yes, and we've we've certainly had our share of that too. And <laughs> you know, there's lots of um, lots of things that can go wrong, and it can be quite frustrating we've probably just come off you know our worst two or three years we've had actually with just with um you know injuries and you know just things going wrong so it's um you know we're overdue for something good to happen 
Hey Bevan, we we are quietly confident in your in your horse to to get the job done. Well, yes and no. Um, we we did pay a late entry fee to get into the race, so you know you, you had to have some sort of confidence to do that. And um, it was just the way the weights turned out. We, we just felt he was going to be disadvantaged because a lot of really good horses were carrying the same weight, and he, he was just in the up and coming brigade. And I just thought, you know, it was going to be difficult for him to carry the same weight as some very, very good horses. And he, he, he was actually able to do that, which, you know, was terrific, really. So does this make him a weight for age horse now then, Bevan? Because he would obviously accumulate a few rating points here. And, like, what sort of what sort of race would you have in mind for him if you were thinking long term? Well, you're right. He, he will pay a price for it, uh, you know, so he's going to miss out those... Um, Grades, he's definitely open company now, and he, he will have his share of weight on the South Island. There's probably very few opportunities, but at, at this stage, you know, we're just letting, well, I was going to say the dust seal, but there's not much dust around here at the moment, but um, we'll probably look at a race like the Coupland's Mile in November. Mm. Um, that, that's, you know, that that's probably a long-term aim, but we'll just have to wait and see how things go there. He is a horse that has done well on top of the ground as well. There's not many that can no. run on in the, in the mud and, and the top of the ground. He's had some really good sectionals coming home at Rickerton on firm ground, so he's got those two strings to his bow, which will be a strength later on, I think. Oh, what an asset. Hey, even yourself, you're a very accomplished athlete. Um, played for the All Blacks and Otago and... Um, Izzy Dag's not with us today. He's holidaying in Fiji, but one great fullback to another, right? Um, what do you, what, you still watch your fair share of footy? Uh, yes, I do. But, you know, I'm still keen, but obviously, you know, well out of touch with it nowadays. And we, just, you know, we just watch from afar. But I, I still enjoy, you know, the good um, test matches, and we're, we're seeing a few of them at the moment. Things are a bit tough, aren't they? But um, I don't think we're too far away either. So hopefully they'll get it right. South Africa's not. Not really the place to be when you're, you know, under the pump a bit. It's it's pretty tough going over there. I think to, you know, they're going to have to be right on their medal to, you know, I thought to win one game. So they've got one more chance to do that. Yeah, that's right. It's not a great place to be. And just being a like, I'm always really curious about. Him. So Kimpy here, you, like you, Kimpy's obviously played and coached at the top level. He's into racing as well. When you started training racehorses, what similarities or things did you pull on from your playing days, that kind of competitive streak? Was there kind of similarities you've noticed and different things from your walks of life you've been able to use? Uh, definitely. Um, we certainly didn't have too much of a background. We rode ponies and things like that, but probably the best thing I done was marry Robin, really, because um, her, her father was a pretty accomplished horse trainer, and um, so, so we've been able to watch and learn, but you are right. Um, you know, as a, as a kid at school and that high school, we've done athletics and you know learnt learnt some things that you can transfer over to into the racing. And you know, just you know, like we're big on making sure they have a good build up and don't get galloping them too quickly and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, they just last longer if, if you do that. I think. Yeah, awesome. Well, congratulations, mate, to you and Robin. It's an awesome achievement owning, breeding, and um, training the yeah the Winter Canary Winter Cup. Um, it's an amazing achievement, and he did it so well. I think he's got a big future, and Kempi and me have been talking about that this morning. So well done to you, and we'll catch up again, hopefully. Yep, thank you very much. 
You hear me asking all these questions on your radio. Giving you the chance to head to the Gold Coast. Five questions for the win. Supercars on the line. 0800 150 811. You're mine. It's Quizzy Deck. Give it a go. It's Quizzy Deck. Now don't you choke. It's Quizzy Deck. Who knows the most? It's Quizzy Deck. We're going to the go go. Yeah, we're not going to Fiji. That's where Izzy is at the moment. Your chance to win tickets to the Boost Mobile Gold Coast 500 here today with a Kemp Master taking over from Quizzy Daggy Dagger. So let's get started with, with you, John Morena. G'day. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Hey, let's get stuck into it here. We're going to go with uh, question number one. How many gold medals has Aaron Gate won for New Zealand at the Com Games? Four, mate. Too easy. Don't worry. And Louis just told me, no clues today. Who will <laughs> Izzy at Azania fight next? Uh, yeah, no, I'm out, mate. I don't even a clue won't help. So, yeah, have a good day, John. <laughs> okay, John. Thanks, mate. Oh, Brenton, you're back, mate. How you going? Good, brother. Yourself? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. You're a big UFC fan. You know this question. Who will Izzy at Azania face next? Uh, I'm not a massive fan, bro. Maybe Alex Pereira? I don't oh, know. Too easy. Too easy. Oh. All right, here we go. Our team, where are the Warriors now on the NRL ladder? Oh, well, fucking <laughs> Kempi, mate. They should be last, but uh, I think they'll be Newcastle. Newcastle overtake them maybe 14th or 15th quarter. I'll go 14th. Good guess. Yeah, you're, you're on fire, mate. Two to go. Let's have a look. Let's have a look, eh? Erling Haaland scored two goals in his EPL debut for Man City. Who did Man City play? West Ham. Ooh. Oh, he's a soccer man, Brenton. He's well, a soccer man. Hold on, uh, hold on. Not soccer, mate. I'm a leaguey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, just heard that, I heard that this morning. I, I listened to the before. Six o'clock and they'll play the game. Oh, good man. Good man. Hey, last one yeah. then. Here we go. This one to get in the draw to go to the Boost Mobile Gold Coast 500. How many tests have the All Blacks played? On? <laughs> Sorry, Britain. Okay, I'm going to ask this one again. How many tests have the All Blacks played in history since 1903? Holy shit. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If you get within 20, I'm going to give it to you. Then 20. And no phone to friend either. Five, four, <laughs> three. I'm going to say 610. Eight? Say that again. 16. I'll, I'll tell you about 16. <laughs> <mate>. 600. Oh. <laughs> oh, we got to give that to you. Oh, we'll pay it, but. <laughs> <laughs> you said within twenty, Kimpy. Within twenty, brothers. Within two, mate. You were within. You were within six. Six hundred. You're as honest as Fozzy. <laughs> well done, thank friend. you, mate. <laughs> oh, unbelievable. 
Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91 91.